Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Leviticus, the book of Leviticus chapter 26. I'm going to be reading from two scriptures before we go into this message this morning. So just be prepared, Leviticus and Deuteronomy, if you're real good with your Bible sword drills, you can hold a finger in both places. That's what we're going to be hitting this morning. The book of Leviticus in chapter 26, verse 3 through 5 says this, If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will send you the seasonal rains. I'm going to say this to you again. If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will send you seasonal storms. Oh, Pastor, that's not a good word this morning. Well, let me, let me finish here. The land then yield, the land will then yield its crops, and the trees of the field will produce their fruit. Your threshing season will overlap with the grape harvest, and your grape harvest will overlap the season of planting grain. You will eat your fill and live securely in your own land. Let me read one more verse from for you in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 11. It says this, if you carefully obey all the commands I'm giving you today, and if you love the Lord God, Lord your God, and serve him with all of your heart and soul, then he will send the rains in their proper season. Can I just say this again? And he will send the storms in their proper season. I'm trying to help you see something here in just a moment. The early and the late rains, so you can bring in your harvest of grain, new wine and olive oil. He will give you lush pasture land for your livestock, and your li- and yourselves will have all you want to eat. This morning, I want to preach to you a message simply titled, Embrace the Rain. Embrace the Rain. Let's pray. Father, we need your help this morning because this message is bigger than us. This message will catapult us into the next season that you have for us. This message will change how we view the storms of life and understand that, God, even in the storm, you're still there. Father, I hope and pray that it will shake off the places of fear and it will cause us to leap into the places of faith. Father, you will take us and change us and shift us and make us and mold us so that when we walk out of this place, God, we will believe for the impossible, declare the unbelievable, and worship you forever. Father, we thank you for the word today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. How many of y'all in this room like the rain? There's only a few of y'all. Amen. Some of you like the rain because you like to take naps. Can I get an amen from somebody? Amen. Y'all are like, ooh, I can take a nap now. Uh, uh, I remember when I, was, when I was younger, my brother and I worked construction during the summers, and it seemed like all year long and all month, summer long in Florida, we were out there digging eight-foot holes in the ground, planting posts, and it would just monsoon. And, and as it monsooned, you didn't get to stop working. You just kept working. You just stayed outside, and it didn't matter how wet you And I remember the first time it rained, I was like, are we going in? And they're like, no, we're staying out. And I'm like, no, it's raining. They're like, no. And over that summer, I began to develop a like for just not caring. The reason I've decided to minister on this message today is because I'm trying to break your thought of caring so much. Because when it rains outside, what we do is we now have to plot and plan when the rain's going to subdue or or back away so that we can sprint to the car so that we get the least bit of wet possible. But some of you used to play in the rain. Some of you used to not care whether you got wet or your hair got messed up or your makeup ran or your clothes got wet. Some of you just used to not care because there was no care to have. But then we grew up. You know, the Bible says that when I was a child, I did childish things, but I became an adult, and now I I put on the mature things in life. The problem is, is maturity doesn't mean you get rid of the child. 
Maturity means that you grow up in stature. Maturity means that you gain wisdom. But maturity doesn't mean that you quit believing or quit being, you, you, quit, you start being afraid and, and, and quit being uh, just fun. Can I just say this to you? The church has become unfun. Because everybody wants it in a box. Everybody wants it to be perfect. Everybody wants it to be this way. If the air is not at 72.3 degrees, this is not the church for me. If there's too many seats taken up, I can't sit in this church. You should be happy you walked into a church that was full this morning. There's a lot of churches that got three and four and they're not making it and we're still believing God, but, but they walk in and they walk out. You've walked into a place where God is moving, but, but people walk in or, or people go, Pastor, can you turn the air up higher because I'm freezing. I want you to come stand where I'm standing because it's hot. You go, why is it cold? You'll be okay. I don't want to sweat and drown up here. But we, we do all these things or, or we have all these thoughts and, and we forgot that the house of God was built so we could come home and have fun. I, I've learned over the years, I've gone into people's houses and I've watched how tight the house is. Everything is meticulous. Everything is confined. You cannot move. If you do this, don't get mad at me. Take your shoes off. Don't take your shoes off. Do this, do that. I don't, ah. Then I start to realize that if they're living life that way, then they probably believe in God that way too confined and restricted god stay in this box don't do anything great just be you and i'll hold on to this little box until we finish this together and hopefully we finish this together but god don't do anything bigger just stay right there it's become a place where we can control rather than just live it's become a place where we don't embrace what's in front of us we try to run from it because in truth be told we're really afraid of the rain we have no expectation of what the rain brings this morning, very quickly this morning, I want to give you three areas that I need you to understand that you and I have to start living. But before you can embrace the rain, the first thing you're going to have to do is define the storm clouds that are approaching. Define them. Give them meaning. Give them purpose. Because most of us here in this room, because we've been through Katrina, you see a storm pop off the coast of Africa and you're running to the local grocery store and buying 17 cases of water because we're all going to die and drown again. That storm has got no intention for you, but you think it does because you see it and you panic. But the truth of the matter is that there are storms all through the Bible. There are storm moments all through the Bible. And in every storm, God always showed up. See, people come to me, Pastor, you know, I love this statement. I told somebody this this week that was in town with us. And, and, uh, and I told them, I said, you know, people after Katrina said that it was God's judgment on New Orleans. That is the stupidest statement I've ever heard in my life. Dumbest, most incomplete statement I've ever heard in my life. Pastor, it was judgment on New Orleans. Then why was Bourbon Street open the next morning? You talk about judgment. If God wanted to wipe a thing out, he just, there it went. But he didn't do that. I, 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 I've heard different statements of what the storm brought, but what, we have tend, what we've tended to do is tell everybody what we lost. But what did you gain? What did you gain from the storm? What did you gain out of a moment that wasn't the way you wanted it? Because the Bible says he'll take everything that looks for bad and he'll work it for his good. But you got to have the expectation of what's to come. See, you see a dark cloud and think we all got to go hide. I see a dark cloud and go find me a puddle. Let's go. Don't you want an umbrella? No, I don't want an umbrella. I want to embrace the rain. I want to embrace the moment that you might think is bad, but I know God is in the middle of. Who made the cloud? Who formed the storm? 
Who put you in that position? Stop looking at every situation in life and wondering where the problem is. There are no problems if I am in God because he is the glory and the lifter of my head. I am not fearful. I'm not worried. I'm not dismayed. I'm not downtrodden. I'm not fearful. The only thing I'm fearful is is fearfully and wonderfully made. But we look at things and we look at the struggles of life and we start to freak out and we start to panic and then we call everybody. And we tell everybody, Pastor, you don't understand. It's raining. If you looked outside, we're going to die. You know, I loved it when uh, our, some of our staff from California moved here. It was fun because they moved here and a tropical storm came. Pastor Jones called me like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we, do? we don't know what to do. What do we do? Do we need to go? Do we need to hide? Do we need to go in a hotel? Do we need to go out of town? I'm like, dude, shut up and sit down. You're okay. You're not going to die. It's okay. Okay. I thought we were going to have to move, sell everything that we own, and just travel the world. That's what we're going to do. Amen. No, no. That's what we do, though. We, we see things, and we begin to panic. But you need to see a storm cloud and define its purpose in your life. Listen, every storm that you walk through has a purpose. No, pastor, you're supposed to tell me that God just makes the storm go away. He just shows up and goes, and all goes away, and it feels so much better because Jesus, listen, let me help something. Jesus can't do anything that you don't expect him to do. I need you to stop looking at the storm and declaring your doom. Stop looking at problems in your life and declaring how broken you are. And understand that sometimes it's just a seasonal thing. Sometimes it's just a moment because God's working a thing out in you. God's preparing you for the greatness that is to come out of you. But you got to embrace the season. It says here, if you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will send you the seasonal rains. Those rains come for a purpose. Those rains come to change you. Have you ever smelt outside after it rains? Now, I don't like to go outside in the heat after it rains. Because you're like... Everything gets stuck to you. But, but, but the freshness, do you, do you realize that the rain was sent? In California, they have droughts. They don't have rain. Two people from Modesto came in this weekend. It rained the whole time they were here. And he goes, dude, I love this. We don't ever get this. Ever get this. Ever get this. In other words, they don't have an expectation for it. And I'm sitting here freaking out because I'm like, man, you're here for two days. And, man, you're just stuck in the rain. He's like, man, this is awesome. We walked in the rain. It was downpouring. He's like, I don't want an umbrella. This is cool. But we freak out and we panic. Listen, you got to stop looking at the storms and declaring your doom. Some of you got storm clouds and you keep giving them definitions of pain and struggle. Stop giving adverse authority to your storm. I know it looks bad at moments. But can you understand this? If God gave you the authority to speak to the mountain and command it to be thou removed into the depths of the ocean, don't you think you can speak to the storm too? Don't you think you can look at that storm cloud and go, okay, God, I got it. I got it. I'm going to embrace this moment because you're in the midst of it. I understand you are. Watch this. The book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 35, it says this. You ready? This is a good one. Here it comes. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind but soon a fierce storm came up. What, what came up? What came up? What? So, oh, okay. So Jesus is in the boat with the disciples, and a storm still came. We're talking about Jesus, God in flesh form. The one that can move a storm, right? Yeah. Yet the storm still came. 
let me say this to you. God is not here to be your sugar daddy to take away your storms. Do not serve God because he wants him to remove the storms. Serve God because he's going to be God in the storm. Serve God because he's going to walk you through the storm. Serve God because he's going to walk you out of the storm. And when he's done, you're going to be greater than where you were before you went into the storm. Stop freaking out about the storm. Start looking to where God is in the middle of it. Watch. It says, it says that, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat. They were flooding. Amen. And it began to fill with water. In verse 38, it says, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Just like Jesus. I'm freaking out. And he's just chilling. Just hanging out. Just, why are you, what's wrong with you? What is wrong He's, he's got his head on a cushion. He's asleep. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're... Hold on. I got I to gotta demonstrate this a little bit better. Jesus, don't you care that we're going to drown? Wake up! Some of y'all have been trying to call for Jesus to wake up in the middle of your storm, and he's the one actually in the middle of your storm. Jesus, we're going to drown. We're going to die. And Jesus goes, No, you're not. I'm in the boat. How can you die if he's in the boat. Think about this for a second. Why would Jesus allow you to die knowing that he would have to die with you in the boat? He's in the boat. Oh, Jesus, help us. It says there, it says disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? This is what people post on Facebook. <laughs> and when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind. He did what to the wind? You notice he didn't rebuke the storm. He spoke to a spot in the storm, but he never told the storm to go away. Watch. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still, but still never spoke to the storm. Why? Because storms were created to take you to the next level, not to kill you. Storms were created to increase your faith level and to destroy the fear in you. Storms were created because God says, I've come to change you, to mold you, to make you, to shift you, to take you to higher places. Did you think you were going to get there just by waking up every morning to an alarm clock? No, I'm going to allow things to come into your place. The Bible says through every trial and tribulation, God always makes a way of escape, which says to you that there is allowance for trials and tribulations, but you got to decide who you're going to look at in the middle of it. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind. He said to the waves, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. But there might have still been storm clouds. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Start defining the moments in your life and stop looking at them as meant to kill you. How can the enemy kill what God has redeemed? I say this all the time. We give God way too much. We give the enemy way too much authority and give God less authority. Because what we tell everybody is that the enemy is winning when God has already overcome. Just think about this for just a second. I'm trying to catch up your theology for just a moment. Because I'll be honest with you, church folk, church folk in general, like to talk about God on a Sunday but declare the devil on a Monday. God, I worship you. God, I lift you up. God, I magnify you on Monday. Oh, my body hurts. Oh, my marriage is falling apart. Oh, this. Oh, that. Oh, I don't have any money. Oh, this. Oh, that. Then please don't worship God on Sunday. Because you've made him a liar on Monday. And by Tuesday, you've evicted him and pushed him out of your life. And so you got to come back to Sunday to find him again. Could you imagine if the church knew where God was when they walked in on Sunday? Because all week long, they didn't get caught up in the storms. They just knew that in through the storms, God 
will cover me. God will hold me. God will protect me. God will sustain me because I understand. Listen, storms, storms are not bad things. I, I like storms. Oh, I like them. How many of y'all like it when you lock your keys in your car? How many of y'all like it when those people, when you're trying to get from point A to point B as quickly as possible by breaking the law? Amen. And, um, and, and that one person pulls in front of you and slows down. And you're like, why? Why won't you just drive? Because you won't slow down. Did you ever think that that car pulled in front of you because God was telling you to slow down because he wanted to speak to you? And if you try to rush from point A to point B, he won't get his time to talk to you. Did you ever think that maybe God was working something out on your behalf? Maybe he's trying to teach you that thing called patience because he's called you to be a virtuous people, not a weak people. I'm trying to help you this morning. Did you ever think that maybe just maybe God is trying to orchestrate some things to make you better than where you were, but you're in such a hurry and you're in such a moment and such a tizzy that you got to force yourself into a place and you end up missing where God's trying to take you? Some of you in this room have been sick in body. You've been dealing with physical things for quite some time. God, when are you going to heal me? When are you going to heal me? When I'm ready to heal you. That's when I'll heal you. Because the Bible says that when he heals you, it is not just to deliver you, but to deliver everyone else around you. You are a masterpiece. You are a, a, a mantelpiece for him. You are a trophy for him. But help me, let me help you understand, when he does a work in you, it is so that others might be changed. Because he's going to use your vessel to change the world, not just to change you. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying this morning. You got to embrace the moment. Stop complaining. Stop. Listen, I'm going to give you a 30-day challenge. Do not get on Facebook and complain. Shut up. <laughs> Just stop. Because one, one, listen, I've looked at some people's posts. One post is like, <laughs> that's what it sounds like when I read. <laughs> that's all I hear. And then the next one, Father, I just thank you for you are great. And you are, uh, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable. Unstable. Just stop right there. Unstable. Stop being unstable. Because no one will come to you for anything because they do not believe that you have the one you say you have. In this hour, people are looking for anchors. They are not looking for buoys. Buoys that bob, depending on the amount of waves in a person's life. Ah, there's a lot of people in the church that call themselves believers that look like buoys. They're up and down. They're up and down. They're up and down. He's looking for strength. He's looking for people that will hold on to the word. He's looking for people that look at a storm instead of running to the, from the storm, run at the storm. Ha <laughs> ha, there's a storm brewing. Let's go. Pastor, I don't want to run into a storm. Have you ever gone outside during a hurricane? It is the coolest thing ever. But you should be afraid and you're going to die. And they say that a wind will pick up a, a, a pine needle and throw it through a piece of wood. I don't care. Be cool. Oh, look. Woo. Okay. We're all panicked. We're all freaked out. But you go out in that wind and that thing is blowing. You just lean. And you're like this. And the wind's got you. Could you imagine if you approached every storm the same way? If whenever the storm came, you went, ooh, I get to see God hold me. Just trying to help you this morning. Just trying to help you this morning. Okay, okay. All right. So, so we got to define the storm. Stop looking at the storm as a bad. Rejoice when the rain clouds build, man. 
Rejoice when the rain clouds build. I know it stinks your grass is going to grow even faster, but get over it. That's, that's why I pay somebody to cut mine. Amen. Okay. Um, once you define the storm, I need you to be prepared for the storm. Mm. Pastor, the storm's coming. Oh, Pastor, I don't want to get wet. This is my favorite T-shirt. I can't find the hole. <laughs> I got I to gotta, I gotta put this thing on. I got I to gotta cover up because, because this tells the world that I trust God. I got I to gotta put this thing on. Y'all hear all this noise this thing's making? Y'all hear all this noise? That's the problem. The poncho is outweighing your praise. Wait, hold on. I got I to gotta get the full effect here without messing up the hair. Amen. Okay. And so, so now, don't I look like I trust God now? No, you look ridiculous, Pastor. That's what you look like. Uh, worship you. No, you don't. You liar. You're trying to keep him from touching you. That's why you covered up. Stop. Be prepared for the storm, but don't protect yourself from the storm. Just be prepared for the storm. Listen, the storm was sent to mess you up. It wasn't sent to make you cute. It was sent, it was sent to rough you up. It was sent to cause struggle. Troy and, and, and Dylan, come here. Get those buckets. Get those buckets and bring them to me. Everybody's freaking out because y'all know, Pastor, he does dumb things around here. Oh, now, you stand here. You stand here. When I count to three, throw them at each other. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Come a little closer. Come a little closer. Come a little closer. Now, now, now this, these two guys are going to represent storms. They're big guys. They represent storms. They're carrying water in these buckets, in case you were wondering. It's not confetti. We're not going to play a joke on you and fling it over the crowd. Ah, we got you. We're not doing any of that mess this morning. But here's the problem. Watch. It starts to rain. It starts to rain. It starts to rain. Keep going. It starts to rain. <laughs> Pastor, no, stop. You're mad because, Pastor, you're getting wet. The carpet's getting wet. It'll dry. Wet. Pastor, you're getting... Listen, listen. The rain was sent to make you uncomfortable. Did you know that storms were sent to make you uncomfortable? Because you've gotten too comforted in who you are and what you're doing? It's come to wash you. It's come to sin. It's come to wash away the broken places. It's come to see y'all, 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 y'all freak out. Pastor, you're getting soaked away. I don't care because I know that God will deal with the storm. I just got to embrace the moments I live in. Pastor, you got to get, you're going to mess up your mic. He'll give me the money to buy another one. All right, stop. I'm starting to be a little annoying now. Okay. God. Pastor, why? Because watch this. He's, you see him stick his hand back in the water? You saw that? Always the youth pastor. It's all right. Here's the truth of it. The rain was sent to break up the fallow ground. You missed it. The hardness doesn't break up until something comes to soften it. The storm was sent to soften the ground. My question is, have you presented your fallow ground so God can let the rain touch it? Oh, no. We put, a, we put a coat over it because it's easier to protect it because we're comfortable in being hard than we are letting God touch those places in our lives. You go, Pastor, you're all wet. I, I'll get over it. I'll dry. I got a shirt in the back. I'll change. It'll be fine. Everybody panics. There's water on the carpet now. What are we going to do? It's going to smell. See, that's, that's how we think. Work with me for a second. You got your mic on. It's going to break the mic. What, Pastor, what are you? Shh. God shall supply all. These storms don't bother me. But here's the thing. Storms move. Come on. 
Y'all aren't moving yet. I'm trying to work on you. Storms move. Y'all going to catch it in a minute. Those of y'all trying to work with me in my illustration this morning. Storms move. They come, but they go. You just got to hang on till it's over. Stop panicking because there's a storm. Just know that God's got you. You're not going to die. A little bit of rain won't kill you. How many of y'all, you played in puddles when you were kids? How many of y'all play in puddles when you're adults? Do you know why I play in puddles? I tell y'all this all the time, but you know why I play in puddles? One of my favorite disciples is Peter. But dang, on me, y'all were flinging water everywhere. <laughs> Bruh. Bruh, the storm just came to get, okay, anyway, all right. You remember when you were a kid? You played in puddles. Why? I mean, I remember when my mama used to let me go down the street and sit in a puddle in the middle of the street and play in that puddle. I mean, I take my toys, my boats, my trucks. Woo-hoo-hoo! Now, I know we live in different times now, but I didn't care. I didn't care. I got to play. But now we, oh, I don't want to mess up my shoes. Oh, I don't, I don't want to ruin what's mine. Maybe you need to be ruined. Maybe something needs to be shifted in you. Maybe you got to stop thinking so much. Maybe you just got to trust what's happening in front of you and know that God's going to work it out. When I was a kid, I liked to play in puddles. I like to play in puddles now, and this is why, because Peter's my favorite disciple, and if he walked on water, that means I get to too. So every time I see a puddle, I swear to you, I do this all the time. You can ask my children. I see a puddle. I walk on it. My kids are like, you trying again, aren't you? I'm like, yeah. I'm waiting for the day that I just go right across it because I promise you the day I walk on the puddle, I'm running to the lake. <laughs> Once I get midway in the lake, I'm going to send a mass text to the whole church. Come check this out, Jack. This is nuts. But here's what happens. The moment I walk on water, what will you have faith to do? So watch this. Watch how this works. If I can get through a storm, can you get through the storm? If I can get through the storm, can, you get, can my life be an example for you to get through the storm? Or will you find, or, or you just, or you just, oh, I got to be careful here. Keep playing church, sitting in churches for an hour and a half and go home and get nothing out of it and then call me and ask, tell me how bad your world is. Those, those storms are still there because you won't let God have them. Those, those storms aren't my fault. Those are your fault because you won't apply what I've given you each week to go and do. Sit in service and, and oh, oh, I got this, I got this. I'm so sick of big-chested church folk. Look at me, Pastor. I'm, I'm one of those big believers. Look at me. Look how holy I am. You know, and then the hell hits your house and you fall apart. Storms show up around your house and you fall apart. You don't know what to do and you're dying. You're only dying because you like storms and you want to complain about them. Listen, the only reason that storm never leaves is because you don't know how to talk to it. You tickle it so it sticks around longer. Oh, could you come here? I love you, Storm. I'll hold you. As my two-year-old, I won't hold you. I'll hold you. I'll hold you. Pastor, why, why, can't, I, why can't I find rest? Why can't I find peace? Because God's not the God of your storm. He's the side chick that you call on when you're lonely. I'm trying to be very careful this morning. Okay, let's get to something better. Praise the Lord. The first thing you got to do is define the storm. The second thing you need to be is prepared for the storm. I wrote this, not even say it. Instead of covering up, why don't you make sure that your seed is out? Seeds have no power until the rain hits it. Keep your seed. 
there'll be no harvest. I'm not talking about money, in case of those of you that are wondering. Stop hoarding what you think is yours and let God have it and watch what the rain brings to it. Here's the last point. Pastor Ben, come on. Here's the last point. And this one's going to mess with you really big time. Can you please be like children and dance in the rain again? I'll give this to you real quick. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, it says this. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Verse 10, he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. I love what God says in this moment. He says, who told you that you were naked? Who lied to you? The Lord God asked, have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? And as I was reading this, God told me, he started dealing with me, he said, who told you to stop dancing in the midst of your storms? Who told you to stop praising me in the midst of your struggles? Who told you? Because if you believe that, then you've eaten the fruit. You've eaten the fruit of fear. You've eaten the fruit of worry. You've eaten the fruit of confusion. You've eaten from the tree because you're trying to gain more wisdom than the moment. And listen to me, the moment was created to give you greater wisdom. The moment was created to strengthen you. The moment was created. Listen, I get it. I could sit here and tell you all of my woes, all of my pains, all of my struggles, everything I did wrong and everything everybody else did to me. Or I could just shut up and worship God. Because complaining and fussing and moaning and bickering and whining does nothing but deflate the power that God has. Because it places it above him. Because what you praise... What you praise in the life that you live determines what grows on the inside of you. Every time that you praise something, a struggle, a situation, every time you make it bigger than where God is, it gives it roots into your system. And then God has to have permission to come in and dig up those roots. For years, I was speaking life into new root systems. I'll never be a good dad because my dads weren't there. I'll never be a good husband because I don't even know what that looks like. I, I don't know how I'm going to pastor a church. I, man, I, I'm, oh, God, help me. I'm failing at this. I, I don't even know. God, why did you call me? I could have done a thousand and one things. God, I probably should just quit. I should just stop. I should close the doors to church. I should just go and do something else because it would be a lot easier. God, I, I'm not seeing the growth I want to see. I'm not seeing the church get to the level I want to see. I know what I believe for, but God, it's not happening. Why is it? It's my fault. And then it takes me seven days to get my faith high enough to stand at this pulpit and preach. And then I learned something. If I speak life ahead of it, then it makes it real easy by the time I get to Sunday. I didn't have to walk in here and be cheerleader before I walked up here. I knew. who I knew. I had this root system deep on the inside of me that says that I have given you this word. And if no one else receives it, that's their choice. But Brian, when I speak, you listen. And when you listen, I create a root system on the inside of you that brings life. And listen, when the storm comes, the storm only came so that the root system would grow deeper. What has roots in your life this morning that the storm is feeding? Just think about that one for just a second. There are those of you from the battle fear. There's those of you that battle worry. There's those of you that battle depression. Come on, listen, be real. Can I, I went through a season where I battled depression severely. Severely, Pastor, how can you? As a pastor, I went through a season of depression. Would stand at this pulpit, stand and look you dead in the face and go, trust God. And I'd go home and go, God, this doesn't work. 
trying, trying with everything to change what I had allowed to take roots. And when the storm came, it fed my fears. It fed my depression. And when I said, God, take it out, I won't ever let it come back. But now I let that root system of God down in there. When the rains come, boy, I get excited. Because in the storm, God's only going to get bigger. In the storm, God's going to show himself faithful. I might get a little bit wet. I might get a little bit messed up. My hair might fall to one side. It's okay. But I got to trust God. It's like this. Uh, There's a young lady here in the church. Her name is Mariah. And uh, she's in a wheelchair. She's paralyzed. She came up to meet me one Sunday after church. And I prayed for her. Oh, Pastor, that's great. You prayed for her. That's great. No, no, no. You don't understand. Every day I pray. Her card is sitting on my desk. I pray for her every day. Because I believe with everything in me that the storm that put her in that chair is only for a season. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That was half of y'all. Pastor, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Okay. Then take your Bible, and as you exit the door, put it in the trash. Because you obviously don't believe the word. Because the Bible says that Jesus heals. And if, you know what, you know what, listen, here's the crazy part. You know what I talked about last week, intentional family? Here's the crazy part. She's been in that wheelchair for so long, it's become a part of who she is. God brought her into this place in the midst of that season. For me to speak a word over her that believed that she can come out of it. Ah, just work with me for a second. I might see a storm cloud. I, I hate the fact that she's in that wheelchair. But I know God's going to show himself faithful, and I don't know when. But God's a faithful God. That storm cloud doesn't depict whether I believe or not. I'm thankful for it. I'm grateful for it. Because God loves to show his handiwork with things that look impossible. And the funny thing is, is every one of you are impossible. No, you can laugh all you want, but the truth of the matter is, is that every one of us in this room have been impossible, if not impossible right now. And God's just waiting for his moment. But your moment will never come as long as you see the storm clouds and you panic. Baby, embrace the rain. Take off the ponchos. Put the umbrellas up. I double dog dare you. The next time it's raining, run outside. Stand in the middle of the road and let all your neighbors think you've lost your mind. Maybe they'll be reminded to not be afraid of the rain, but to embrace what's in front of them. Maybe they will learn how to stop being grown adults and remember to be children. Because there's nothing that Jesus said. Jesus said, it's the children. It's the heart of a child. You know what the heart of a child is? The heart of a child has no ability to believe for deficiencies. If I tell Asher, who's two years old today, right now, I tell him, Asher, God is going to do something supernatural in your life. God's going to give you an ability to do so. You're going to be able to pray for the sick and see him recover. Asher has no thought in his head where he goes, no, I can't. That's why God says, don't ever let, you, don't ever let yourself become, a, become such an adult that you forget to be childlike. How many of y'all, when you were kids, you wanted to be a superhero? Amen. You wanted to be a superhero. I had Superman underoos. Y'all remember those were? All right. Fly around my house in my underwear. It was weird. But I believed I could be Superman because I put on some underwear and a cape. Could you imagine what you could become if you put on God in the midst of your storms? Because he's the greatest superhero. It's time that you and I stop putting God in boxes and telling him he can't do things. But believe for the impossible. I'm taking the limits off. I'm taking the limitations off. 
and I'm trusting that God is going to do something greater than me, but I have to be willing to stop looking with my carnality and look with my faith. There are those of you in this room right now that you have unfavorable reports, whether it's marriage, whether it's your home, whether it's your finances, whether it's your physical body. I'm telling you, embrace the storm, baby. I said this on Monday night. I'll say it again in here today. On Monday morning, I woke up with a very soreness right where my heart is. I mean, it was, it was right there, right there. And I started to go, oh, Lord. And God said, I'm driving in the car, and he goes, Brian, very, very calmly, Brian. I've just felt a very calm coming over me in the car. He said, those are the effects of surgery. Breathe. So y'all missing it. I've been dealing with this heart thing for two years. This thing will go off in the middle of nowhere and hit 192, 200 beats a minute for an hour and a half to two hours. That's a ride nobody wants to take. And you're sitting there and your arms hurt and your body's hurt and you wake up in pain the next morning, exhausted. God, I don't, and the doctors go, we, we don't know why it keeps setting off. We're still trying to figure it out. And I'm sitting in that moment and God says, can you, instead of you wondering if there's pain, can you just declare the promise? Can you stop looking at everything as, it, as you're losing something and look at every moment as you're gaining something? Start looking at things differently. When it rains, don't hide your kids in the house. Man, go outside. I dare you to take your kids out in the rain. Ask my wife the story later. She decided to do that one day. Two big old dogs ran in the house behind her. <laughs> big old dogs. Big dogs. And, and what was funny was is that, that that morning she had woken up and asked God for joy. She had gotten up that morning and asked God for joy. And she's like, you know, we're just going to go outside in the rain. Let's go. Let's go play in the rain. She took the little ones out, took my daughter and my older daughter out in the rain. And, and they're out in the rain. And, and it starts raining. They run inside. And when they turn around, two dogs are running right behind them. Into the house, up the stairs, all over the place. They're just, choom, 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 choom. my son's upstairs hiding because he doesn't know what's going on. Way to go, 10-year-old. He comes running downstairs with his BB gun. Well, I thought somebody was hurting you. It took him 10 minutes to come downstairs, but, you know. She walked in, and she, she called me later. She tells me the story, and she goes, you know, I asked God for joy. I didn't realize he was going to send two dogs to bring it. She still tells that story today, and every time she tells it, she dies laughing. She thinks it's the fun. She's like, it's a funny story. It's so funny. Isn't it funny? I'm like, yes, babe, it's funny. It's, it's, we got it. It's funny. But to her, she had a moment. She found joy. In the midst of a struggle, she found joy. What will you find in the next struggle that you walk through? Will you find more pain, or will you find the promise? Will you find the struggle, or will you find the Savior? Which one are you going to find? Because it's up to you what you find in the midst of your storms. All I'm going to tell you is that when I get in a storm the next time and that boat starts to rock and Jesus is asleep, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to crawl up next to him. And I'm going to get my breathing pattern to match his breathing pattern. And I'm going to let myself just ride the waves with him because I know as long as he's in the boat, I'm not going to die. Because he didn't get in the boat so I could die in the boat. He got in the boat so he could show me his faithfulness through the storm. Because the Bible says they all came to the other side. They didn't die. They made it through. It's time that we embrace the rain. Everybody stand to your feet.